Welcome to what may be our last Wicked Wire episode of the season. Um, both of us are hoping that is not the case, but it very well could be. Tonight is going to be Game 6. We are going to do a probably super long recap of Game 5 since Aro has some things to say, apparently. So many things to say. Um, <laughs> And I do a little bit too, um, and then we'll do a preview of Game 6, and that'll be it. But um, this series has flipped pretty much completely. Um, This hasn't happened in the finals in a kind of a long time. Um, I, like... I can't. Oh, six was last. Yeah, time? like yeah, oh six was the last time that that it was two zero, and then um, went the other team went back up three two. So um, it's kind of in uncharted territory here a little bit um, for you know people who didn't who weren't old enough or didn't remember watching those six finals live like me. Um, so this is this is sort of a weird experience, but um, we're gonna get into game five. So game five Saturday night. Um, sun start out looking great. You could not Amazing. ask for a better start. Um, Crowder's hitting threes, which is usually a pretty big bellwether for them. Um, they have an 11-0 run in the first quarter. They're up 32-16. Um, then it looks like Portis almost breaks his leg. Um, and like it, the Portis went down, Payne went down simultaneously. It yeah. looks pretty bad. You really have no idea what's happening. Both of them are fine. Um, and. Middleton shoots one of seven in the first. Um, he, he he heated up earlier, but the Suns' story of the first quarter, they shoot 14 and 19 in that quarter. Is there anything from the first quarter that you think you can take away and, and bring to game six, or is it just that they were hitting everything? Uh, well, hitting everything, but we also limited them to 16 points, which I think kind of goes overlooked. Um, the defense looked really, really engaged. Um, they're really getting into like any – any sort of dump off pass to Brook Lopez, you had body swarming him. Um, Crowder was a lot more aggressive looking for steals. So stuff like that. Um, and you probably want that kind of start again, at least on defense. Okay. So then second quarter happens. And the Bucks go on this amazing 26-10 run to tie the game at 42 after it's 32-16. Um, there were people, I'm sure, that like – took a bathroom break after the first quarter or went to go do something else and came back and were shocked. Um, oh, yeah. There was a couple people who I was watching it with that had this experience where they went in another room for, you know, only like 10 minutes and it, the Bucks they come back and the Bucks are down four or five. So um, Connaughton and Portis give a spark. I thought Portis had, Portis had an and one off the offensive rebound. That was pretty huge. Um, and I think he hit a three. I had I had some Portis points over props that hit in like the first quarter, so I was or the second quarter, so I was pretty happy about that. Um, and Connaughton was hitting some shots as well. And um, the Bucks are up three at half. Um, they really flipped this game, started hitting a lot of their shots. Both teams shot really well, just in this game in general, um, which is not yeah. something that we've seen yet, really, outside of Game Five. Um, Second quarter takeaways. I don't. Have a, I don't have a lot. Um, other than that, it was just kind of like Milwaukee's version of what Phoenix was doing in the first half, um, and they were able to get out and run a little bit more. Um, Phoenix's half court defense has been pretty good throughout this series, I would say. Yeah, um, I, I thought the, the third quarter. We'll get to the third quarter. I thought the third quarter was more uh, similar, at least for me, to what the Suns did in the first quarter. 
Um, but the second, I mean, like the, the offense in the first three minutes, because uh, Booker, so Booker plays the first quarter, uh, the entirety of the first quarter, and then he sits to start the second quarter normally. That's to start regular rotation. Chris Paul comes back in, campaign plays with him. Um, that opening three minute stretch was just brutal. And I went through and, like, I rewatched the game. I charted the game. And, I mean, we had a sequence where Tory Craig misses a layup. Then you have Crowder missing a three. You get an offensive board that leads to another quick Crowder three, which misses. Tory Craig misses a three. And then Crowder misses another three. So you had four missed threes, and this would have been less than a minute. Okay, and this is with, I think there were like two offensive boards, um, and, and that little stretch just killed us where I think after that, the Bucks were back within about five or six, and then Phoenix kind of figured out its offense, but at that point, I mean, that train had already gone. Um, you know, we had lost the lead. We're basically playing a brand new you know, the, the game is basically back to... You weren't up 10 anymore. I mean, like... Yeah. That you didn't have your... The all. whole first quarter, you're comfortable. And as soon as yeah. it gets down to, like, 7 or 8, you... you it's lose. not comfortable. Yeah. It's pressure. You got to make shots. And uh, uh, the offense towards the end of, of when Booker... Like, right before Booker came back in. Uh, it, was, it was sort of weird because I was going to give Monty... Um, some some flack for not bringing Booker in earlier, which maybe, but like it's not a whole lot he can do there because I think he like went to the scores table with around eight minutes left, and he just like had to sit there because the play like it was just going back and forth, yeah. no fouls, nothing. Um, so he's just kind of stuck on the scores table uh, until about the six thirty mark, something like that. Um, and, and by that point, they'd kind of figure out the offense. Um, Chris Paul hit a couple shots, so. Uh, yeah, I mean, the main takeaway for me was uh, you can't have that sort of three-minute stretch where everything just goes wrong and you're not getting points and you're not getting stops. Yeah, and the Bucks were lighting them up that whole time. Like it wasn't. Yeah, it, it basically not stopped. It was. It was the. It was what the Suns were doing the first quarter for that stretch and then most of the second quarter for the Bucks. The difference was they were they were able to score. The Suns were they were able to actually score and get better offense um, when the when Booker was able to come back in. Um, okay, so we go to half. Milwaukee's up three. Um, you're not feeling great if you're a Suns fan. You've seen, you've just I seen, text you that it's over. You've right? seen that lead <laughs> evaporate, and you're like, we had to capitalize on that. Um, yep. Cam Johnson was pretty terrible in this game. Um, he was minus 21 in 14 minutes. Worst, that's his worst game of the series, I'm sure, by plus minus. I, I don't even think I need to check, but it, it just felt like watching that yeah, game that he wasn't even doing is. much. Um, and, okay, so third quarter, let's pick it up. When you started you started charting all these possessions, um, and there's, there's a Booker, there's a bigger Booker conversation that we're going to get to, I think, that it's going back and forth on Twitter. There's sort of two opposing sides to it. Um, he had he had back-to-back 40-point games, and they lost both, uh, which is a pretty unbelievable statement, especially in the finals when it's it's harder to get these giant scoring numbers that you're seeing, you know, February from some of these guys. So um, why do you think that was? Um, and we can talk about the third quarter by itself, but it might be more about the fourth. Um, what do you think? 
Uh, I, I thought it was largely about the third quarter uh, defense, to be honest with you, because uh, in the third quarter, we played like pretty, we scored the exact same amount of points in the third quarter as we did the fourth quarter. Um, we scored 29 points in both quarters. The main difference was the Milwaukee had 36 points in the third quarter, and I think they had 23 in the fourth. Um, Milwaukee hit everything. Uh, like, literally, there was a stretch where I just don't think I saw them miss a shot for maybe like seven minutes. Like, it was crazy. Like, they were getting Giannis was hitting fadeaways. Uh, they were hitting everything from the corner Portis, PJ Tucker, Connaughton, like, whoever you want to throw out there from three, they were making everything. Um, and when they did miss, finally, I think they got an offensive board and they scored anyways. So it was just a, a, a brutal stretch of we just can't get stops. And so it doesn't even matter that we're scoring on the other end because, I mean, you look at the first half of that third quarter and P.J. Tucker was Booker's main uh, one-on-one defender. And this was before they uh, switched Drew onto him. And Booker was scoring like every time down the floor against P.J. Tucker. Um, there was a stretch where he had uh, 12 points on six of six shooting in the first five minutes of that quarter and an assist for Mikhail Bridges layup. Uh, and in that span, I'm pretty sure the, the lead did, like stayed the same or grew. Well, I guess, yeah, it probably did grow from Milwaukee because we we're basically trading twos for threes. Yeah. So it was just a brutal stretch of like, if you can't get stops, it doesn't matter if you're like what your offense is doing. And I saw there was like a lot of weird conversation about like, Oh, like the role players got iced out. So now they're not playing defense or like, if you're like bookers just isoing, then it gives like all the Milwaukee role players like space to like leak out and go in transition. How I think that's, that's a little <laughs> better than the, I think the, the iced out thing doesn't make, much sense. I think the, the transition thing could maybe, but that's that's if he was missing shots. Yeah, but he's making shots. Yeah, he's making, he's making the balls. The balls going yeah. through the basket takes longer to inbound. Yeah. The defense at the end, yeah. it was like Middleton making tough shot after tough shot. Yeah, that's it was clear that. Yeah, it was clear that the, the offense wasn't the problem. Yeah, <laughs> is what I'll say. Yeah, um, and Chris Paul was getting burned. Um, yeah, uh, pretty much all that. Yeah, yeah. I, I misspoke about Cam Johnson. He was actually a negative nineteen in uh, twenty-one yeah. minutes, so um, he wasn't helpful for them. Aiden, what did you think? I thought it was, I thought it was a very, really quiet twenty and ten. Like he didn't seem, yeah. like, it seemed like the buckets he did get impacted the game all that much. There was really no like exclamation, exclamation points from him. Um, I thought his misses were more impactful than his makes because he missed, I think, uh, one floater, I want to say. He missed like a reverse when he actually beat Giannis on a post move. Um, those cost us big time. He couldn't grab the ball a couple times, which we haven't really seen from him since like the Lakers series maybe. Um, his hands have been really, really good throughout the, the postseason. He hasn't really gotten, uh, you know, he hasn't really turned the ball over. He hasn't let the ball kind of, you know, he hasn't let himself be trapped. He doesn't let the ball kind of escape it on alley-oop attempts or just little dump-off passes. And those things weren't really going for him in game five. That killed us more so than whatever his stats that he actually did get. They they just weren't impactful, I will say. Do you think that Johnson should be playing over Crowder more? 
to get a little no, because sides on the offensive, re- like the offensive rebounding issues, or do you like? I I think, wait, like playing more Cam Johnson. Yeah, playing more Cam Johnson because he's a little bit bigger, taller. Um, no. and he's okay. the worst rebounder, I think. Yeah, I think the shooting is kind or of. Or at the very worst, it's about even, and I think Crowder's defense is probably a little bit more valuable. Yeah, I think Crowder's defense is better too. Um, that's just in- it's interesting because if you look at the plus minuses in this game, and just just the benches, you had Phoenix is a minus thirty from the bench, and that's. That's Cam Johnson, Cameron Payne, and Torrey Craig. So Cameron Payne, minus four, Torrey Craig, minus seven. If you look at Milwaukee, they are um, a plus six. So, you know, 36-point difference there. Um, Connaughton was pretty good in this game, I would say. He, he hit, he hit some three, four for six from yeah. three. Um, he had six rebounds, too. He was a plus 10. Bobby Portis, a plus seven. And then Jeff Teague, minus 11. No one's surprised by that. Um, yeah. so those teams are sort of down to eight guys, and – um, but and, they didn't play Teague in the second half. Bud, yeah, like, no, adjusted. Teague, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bud was Bud was smart about you know Teague only played seven minutes, um, yep. and it wasn't like you know Connaughton had thirty three minutes, which is a which is a lot. It's more than two of their starters. So, um, yeah. Do you think? Do you think? I guess uh, we'll we'll save this for Game Six. Actually, if we're talking about Justin. Okay. Um, so Drew Holiday. Finally plays a good game in the series. Um, Amazing. Yeah, he goes 27 points, 13 assists, four rebounds, great defense all night. Gets the strip. We'll talk about the end ending of this game um, when we get there. Um, he plays his best game in the series. Giannis, um, you know, just doing what he's been doing all time. 14 for yeah. 23, 32, 9, and 6. Um, and then Middleton with 29. Um, but hits him. That feels like a quiet game for Giannis now, doesn't it? Like if he's not yeah, dropping forty, it's like it a- <laughs> yeah, and, and that's like a LeBron stat line right there. Um, yeah, for like that was just like a ho hum thing. Um, the fact that the Suns shot fifty five percent from two and above sixty from three and still lost is pretty scary. Yeah. Um, and I think the only silver lining you can take from that is they only did shoot 21 threes in this game compared to you know a game that they won in this series game game one they shot 34 game two they shot 40. so this is kind of where we enter this booker um conversation that i was alluding to where there were some people arguing that booker him him being so like them the bucks are basically willing to let him score 40. And if he's going to hit all these shots from the mid-range, and he has been, he did it in game four, he did it again in game five. Um, and you mentioned this earlier, but it's like the argument is if he's making them, um, why why not? Like you're, you're still, let's say Booker makes four of six mid-range twos, and that's eight points. And then the alternative is um, the role players hitting either – Two of six or three of six threes, just as an example. That's only a difference of one point if 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 you're hitting three threes. And you'd be happy with that, I think, despite them shooting 60%. I don't think that number is going to stay at 60 if the Suns if the Suns had shot 43s and hit 60% of them, they win this game by a blowout. So oh yeah. Um, it, it's you're not, not hitting 60% yeah, of 43. That's the thing. Like yeah. it, it's your numbers, your number is gonna sort of 
dwindle you go down. Down. yeah let's go up um it's going to regress to the mean and um yeah do you do you think that if if i think i think that milwaukee clearly has done a good job at, at limiting at, at forcing booker and cb3 to like live in the mid-range zone and being okay with that do you think there's some sort of different approach by the suns that they can take or um I think the only real like approach, if you really want to force threes, then you have to try and get these guys moving more off the ball because I don't think you're going to get it from how we normally gener- generate threes, which is off penetration driving from Chris Paul and Booker. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot of drive and kick, and Milwaukee's just staying put. They sit on the corners. They're not even really digging from the corners anymore. Um, they're just kind of leaving whoever Booker's man is on an island, whoever CP3's man is on an island. They're playing like two on two in any sort of screen and roll situations, um, and it's working for them. And I think the two, the big thing that could blow that a little bit more wide open is if Aiton asserts himself a little bit more. Then you have to help from the corner. Then that opens up some of the passing lanes. And then the other thing is, like I said, you have to get. Mikhail cutting off the ball to try and set him up for like spot up threes. The problem with that is that that's not the kind of looks that he is most comfortable with. That's not the kind of looks that we necessarily like want. That's it's just not what we've yeah. like wanted throughout the season. Um, so I, I don't know if that's kind of what you throw all your cards into in a game like an elimination game six. Uh, it's kind of hard to, to trust that. Um, now if cam johnson comes in like he could be a good spot up shooter for us um like off cuts but again like you're giving up so much on the defensive end that i don't know if it's worth it and you're gonna have to rely on him to make you know four or five threes which uh, i don't know you know um so it it would take like you would have to really commit to wanting threes if you really wanted to get them or even just has to, to find a way to make himself more impactful I don't see the Aiden thing happening. Yeah. I, so I, don't I think I think I the three really thing might be the answer. And I do like I like the idea of Mikhail cutting for layups. Yeah. Which he's been yeah, good. The at. elbow sets worked great. Yeah. Jay got a layup off it. Mikhail got a layup off it. Yeah. Um, but I think I think there's it's a lot to ask for him to be like coming off of screens like a JJ Reddick, like coming yeah. going into these shots. That's not really what you're right. He he's been this whole year, he's been spotting up from the corner. From he's been lifting to the corner from the corner when it's a driving kick situation. Um, it's not really his game. He he hit a three off the dribble last night, and like you never see that from him. Um, and it, and yeah. it was just because there was no one within you know five feet of him off a broken play. Yeah. So um, that's not really his role. And um, we talked about it in game four, where the 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 Bucks got a terrible performance from Holiday. They were he would shot four of 20 and they still won. And then in game five, he plays great. Um, and they win again. So yep. if you're looking for answer or, okay, let's, before we get to the game six stuff, let's talk about the end of this game because, um, we have, or you let's, let's go into the fourth quarter for good. Um, you, like you mentioned before, you tracked all the possessions, second, third, and fourth quarters. What did you see from the fourth quarter, um, that you liked and didn't like? Um, what I liked in the fourth quarter was they, well, CP3 played a lot better. That yeah, CP3 finally lot. got going in the fourth quarter. It looked like it was going to be another stinker game for him. 
until the fourth. Yeah. And he really led that comeback. So And I think that they sort of made the adjustment um once Drew kind of switched more on to Booker, they kind of realized that you can't really play through Booker as much anymore. Uh, and so they kind of went away from it a little bit. They got him in more in either transition or if he managed to get a mismatch, they would kind of go through him in those situations. But otherwise, they kind of went away from Booker and they went back to, to what's been working, a lot of pick and roll stuff with CP3. Um, and it, it worked, right? I mean, you got how many points from CP3? I think you had CP3 with about seven points, and I think he had like three or four assists in that frame. Um, and there were a couple more that he probably should have gotten if like Aiden hits a couple more shots or if other guys hit a couple more shots. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the biggest change was that uh, on possessions when they didn't go through Booker, right? So CP3 is running the offense or campaigns running the offense, they're scoring 1.5 points possession compared to 1.25 in the third quarter. And you combine that with a couple stops on the other end, it's gonna add up pretty quickly. I thought the stops honestly were probably the biggest difference from the third to the fourth quarter. Yeah, it lo- it looked like CP3 was really gonna fade away, um, and then he he did play a lot better. Um, right? He was I do think, and he took shots. Yeah, yeah I do and think what you said about going just going away from the guy who's on Drew, the guy who Drew yeah, is guarding. Yeah, that's more so than anything. It's pretty simple. Um, yeah. And Middleton has hasn't been great defensively. Like, they've been able to score on him. Like, Booker definitely has. Um, oh, yeah. And I think that, like, that, that makes a lot of sense. So, um, the very end of this game, we have – um Middleton hits a three to get the lead back up to eight after that little Suns comeback and it feels like it's over once he hits that and the Suns go on the 7-0 run to cut it to one um I think CP3 like blew past um Connaughton and sort of got a layup to cut it to one yeah and Booker hit a three right before that and that three was insane yeah (laughs) so the the yeah the shot that Booker hit before that was pretty ridiculous um and then the Bucks come down. Uh, Giannis gets fouled. Um, Misses both. Both. Um, Booker comes back down. C- they so Booker gets the ball from CP3. Um, they sort of do this crisscross thing. Um, CP3 is on the left side. Booker's sort of isolated up top. He drives in. Um, Holiday comes over. Perfect. Perfectly timed. Rips him. Uh, goes down the court, and the Bucks realizing that they struggled to score in the half court, um, pretty much this whole playoffs. Yeah. Drew just makes this incredible pass to where Giannis is the only one who can get it. Giannis throws it down, gets fouled. Um, I don't know why CP3 fouled there. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he was hoping that he could hurt, that he, he could it. like foul him hard enough to yeah. just send Giannis to the line. But, like, I think if you did, if, if he had done that, it would have been a flagrant. Yeah. Like, if Giannis, like, if he, if CB3 were, were to just shoved Giannis, like, into, like, the cameraman or something, like, it's um, probably going to be a flagrant, and then the game's just over. Um, yeah. So maybe that was his thought process, but Giannis is too strong, and he threw it down anyway. Um, and this, it's going to be, you know, you're going to be seeing that play, and, finals 
all-time finals yeah. moments forever. That 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 could. Yasu's had a bunch of those now. Yeah, he's had he has, the blocks. He, he's the not chase down block dunk. was amazing. He had the he yeah. had the block on Aiden on the lob, and now yeah. he's had this. So he's had three really good ones. Is, um, and the yeah. chase down block didn't really happen at the end of a game, but I thought that, that yeah. was a really cool moment because it mirrored LeBron's um, one that he had. So, um, yeah, that could end up being the defining moment of this finals. Giannis goes to the line. He misses his extra free throw, but they get a back tap. Um, Giannis back like basically goes right behind his head to Middleton who gets fouled game's over um what what do you think about that last possession by the Suns um do you think that was Booker tunnel vision um or do you think like Uh, I think if he kicks out to CP3 do you feel good about CP3 hitting that shot I don't I would say no like I I just don't don't love it but um yeah I think his problem was that, like, because PJ was on him. So, like, it was the right decision to go because he's been scoring on PJ the whole time. Um, so, I didn't mind that. Uh, but I think he's just got in too deep, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, he, got he took too a couple of steps paint. too deep. He, he wanted – I think yeah. he, like, wanted to be sort of by the elbow, and he was kind of in the middle of the paint. And he – yeah. And that was the problem, that once you get that deep, then Drew can just kind of come down. And now you basically have three defenders around you. I think Giannis came over to help too. So there was yeah, Giannis helped – Giannis helped initially once he, um, beat, once he beat Tucker off the dribble. And then, yeah. then Drew came over. So, I think – I think it was just more like he didn't get to his right. Like he didn't get to the right spot. Um, I, I didn't, I, I would have been fine with a Booker shot uh, more so than anything. I think he just made the mistake. He, he tried to pick up the dribble. He like that. He just can't really do in the paint in that situation. Um, I, I don't really know where he would have passed to because I don't think anybody was really open on that play. Um, Cause Giannis GP3 was probably the most open, but it drew. But he had to like turn around yeah, and then still yeah. have gotten to that. So yeah, so that's the problem. Um, so you, I don't know. You either need to space it out a little bit better, or like, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think Booker just needed to get to his like he just needed to settle for that that elbow jumper. To be honest with you, because mm-hmm. um, PJ was kind of giving it to him. PJ just didn't really want him to get to the rim. Um, so yeah, take the elbow jumper. You like he's been making them, so there's no reason not to do it. Um, so that's why like I, I wasn't. I was just disappointed that like about how it ended, but like the actual process to get there, like it's hard to say. Like, what else are you really gonna run in that situation? So, okay, well, that's kind of it for Game Six. Um, I mean, Game Five. The the Bucks, the Bucks finally get their good shooting game in the playoffs that they haven't really gotten for like two years, um, and they were the victims <laughs> of this versus the Raptors in twenty nineteen. Um, yeah like pretty badly and and now they finally get it to flip another the other way for one game and now we are on to game six tonight um i guess let's talk adjustments give product give give uh predictions we have to talk about the the scott foster tony brothers angle of this because that is wild um and okay First, what do you think the Suns can do? Is there anything they can do? Um, I don't think it's um, probably not a rotation thing, but X, X's and O's wise, is there something? Uh, I mean, like rotations wise, I think it's just like you can't sit Booker for more than like two minutes in a row, I think. Yeah. Um, and you can't sit Aiton for more than two, three minutes in a row. Aiton played um, 45 minutes in this game. Yeah. 
And like literally, we kind of lost it in like the three minutes he did, which is kind of like insane <laughs> to think about. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't know how much more you can really do with rotations in terms of adjustments. Um, I, I think you gotta, you know, try and like in all honesty, just stay away from Drew. Um, if they put Drew on Booker right away, then you just hammer Milwaukee with pick and roll actions. Uh, get, I guess, Connaughton. And then if not Connaughton, I guess you'd probably want PJ and Brooke Lopez in the action um, or Middleton and Brooke Lopez in the action. Um, I know sometimes uh, Monty has started experimenting a little bit with letting Mikhail run the pick and roll. Um, that might be something you see a little bit more of, especially if Middleton's on Mikhail and you kind of want to just like, uh, like I guess matchup hunt in a way. Um, the problem with that is that Mikhail just doesn't make those decisions quite as good, um, and so you're kind of relying on him to make huge decisions in a massive game, which might be a lot. Um, so I think ideally you just want to play through whichever guy doesn't have Drew on him um, and, and let them work. Um, outside of that, man, like defensively, it, it's hard to say there are any adjustments defensively because like, I didn't think we played that bad defensively. They just made some really, really tough shots. Um, and it's hard to hide CP3 if they're just going to go at him with Middleton. At that point, you're just kind of hoping that Middleton misses some shots um, or Drew misses some shots. Offensive rebounding, it's probably the only thing that they really, really got to like figure out and they yeah. haven't figured it out throughout the entire series. Um, but I don't really know what you can do. Like, I, I think you just got to like commit to it and like send all five guys back, but then you're kind of like giving up your transition game. Um, so like, it, it's sort of like a weird balance, but um, I, I don't know. I mean, like even when the Bucks go small-ish with Giannis at the five, like we're still getting out rebounded, right? So it's like, I, I don't know what you do. Did they play? Just gotta... What's up? Did they play zone in Game Five, Suns? They tried one possession of zone. It sort of worked, but a bad bounce gave it to Giannis, and they went away from it immediately. Which, that, yeah, again, like you said, zone would probably work the best, especially for rebounding. Because they, yeah, because we talked about that a lot. Right? You're like, yeah, I, I, whatever, whatever they did do zone in Game Five, I didn't want, I didn't see it because I, I, I it, it was like literally one possession. Yeah, and it was sort of like a you're forced into playing zone more so than anything, I think. I guess I guess the way the Bucks were shooting, maybe it wouldn't have worked anyway. But if like, yeah, but you gotta try something. I think yeah, I think, I think I think they have a chance that they can go zone. Um, yeah, and yeah, like you said, running the offense through through those whichever guy of the backcourt doesn't have Drew on them, um, spamming the pick and roll, which is basically yeah. what they did in game one. <laughs> it's just two um, K style spam it every play. Now. Yeah, um, honestly, okay. Well, we have this Scott Foster, Tony Brothers referee crew tonight. And what that usually means is doom for CP3. Uh, we yes. saw CP3 win, the, win uh, one of the games that had Scott Foster, and that was the game two value game of the conference finals. Um, and I think that was the last time they've played in a game with, with... Well, that doesn't even count, though, right? Because CP3 wasn't playing. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Okay. So he hasn't. So he is. He's zero and twelve then, or one and like, it's 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 really low. Yeah, I think it's either one and twelve or zero and twelve. Yeah. It's it's okay. So that that's a good point. Well, CP three will be playing tonight. Um, 
Maybe there's, just sit them. <laughs> yeah, there's a certain... I, I think that, like, the fact that this is happening and there's been a... It's in his head. Time. Yeah. What? It, like, Scott Foster is in CP3's head. Yeah. It's Scott Foster and Tony Brothers. Those... that the the. The last time we saw them do a high-profile playoff game like this was, I think, Game 7 of the Thunder Rockets series last year. Um, and the, the Rockets eventually won. Um, I don't know if there's sort of – like the NBA is playing chess here to get rid of the story um, and if they're if they're sort of gunning for the Game 7. Um, I don't know. Because don't the, know. everyone's reaction is that it, it – it goes against CP3, but like we've seen in some of these game sixes that brothers is like when it's players not not named CP3, this this referee crew has kind of like helped teams get to game seven. Sort of, yeah. Well, I don't know. Like what I'm leaning, I feel like I don't know. I think it's weird that they put them in this spot. It would make a lot more sense to me if this- I don't think they want that game seven drama. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't want the game seven to be like mired with like, oh, but like Scott Foster was right. But couldn't you say the sense. same thing? Like, I think you could say the same thing. I think it's weird but that less eyes. Game six, less eyes. Game seven is like everybody's gonna talk about it. It's true, but what? But, I but I, wouldn't the move be like you have the Suns win game six and then lose game seven? Yes. Well, they honestly should have just put him in for game five. It would have made the most sense. It would have made is if is if the Suns would have won game five and then they and those then two put were in game six yeah. to get it to go seven, but that didn't happen. So now I think so now I think Foster helps CP three game. I don't know. That's that's sort of what I'm leading towards because I think I think that at some level the NBA has to have an awareness that that like that like. The name Scott Foster has been trending since like. Oh New yeah! Like, there's no way they don't know. Like that's the thing. Like <laughs> I feel like it's such a bad look. Like if if this ends up being like, and I, I guess I unless it's it. a blowout for the Bucks, I don't really. I don't think it's gonna be. I think one way or another they're gonna keep it close. NBA keeps these games close. Kind of my feeling. So if we're going predictions, I still think the Bucks are gonna win. Tonight. I think the Bucs are going to win, yeah. But I wouldn't be shocked if we got some weird stuff going on <laughs> Rocky, and we're and because of that, we come back to Game Seven where you know Tucker gets four fouls in seven minutes or something. <laughs> I he got he got in the foul trouble last game and helped them because that forced Bud to put Drew on uh, Booker. Yeah, so I, I I would yeah. rather PJ stay out there to be honest with you. Maybe like you know like. They, they call well, it like Middleton, foul trouble. Middleton or something. Like, I don't think they would do it to Giannis. I don't think they would dare, but no. one of those. Who knows? It, I would think we're going to get free throws tonight, though. I, I, I really don't want to apologize to Coach Bud. It's kind of where, like, I don't. <laughs> yeah, he's coached a hell of a series, man. I'm not going to lie. You got to give props. He has coached a hell of a series. Wow. Like, I'm, I'm genuinely impressed. It sounds like I'm being sarcastic, but I'm genuinely impressed with him. I think after, something must have turned for him after the Nets series. Like I, maybe that was like the the, the fork playing with house money, right? I mean, the fork in the road for this whole season was that Nets series, but like still, yeah. I think that like 
maybe that was his personal demons. So, um, all right. Well, you have our predictions. We hope to be proven wrong. Um, yeah. I just think Giannis is going to be a monster. I don't know. Yeah, I just don't know if we can stop him, man. These guys look so good on offense, and we haven't had an answer. They're so big, man. They're massive. Yeah. And the offensive just, rebounding, yeah. I just don't think is going to go away. Like, there's no answer for it, right? Like, there's no there's no real adjustment you can make for, oh, they're bigger than you, so, like, go play bigger. Yeah. It's not much you can do. It's like box out yeah. really hard. I don't know. Okay. Well, we leave you. I, I will say, I did want to say, I did want to say, before you get to that, okay. that, like, the the game five loss at, at the like when we lost game four that felt like it was a real chance and we should have beaten this team that wasn't playing very well and we couldn't beat them game five we lost to a team that played amazing basketball that made all the right adjustments that made all that hit some of the toughest shots I've seen in an NBA finals uh, and it came from everybody so game five like that was a loss that was like we lost to a better team if we lose this series we lost to a better team so. I just wanted to put that out there. It doesn't feel quite as doom and gloom as after game four. Uh, Bucks just played really, really well. They did. They did. Um, and that's that's kind of it. I mean, that's that's a good summation of all of it. But they 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 played well on both ends. Um, pretty much the most complete game we've seen from them um, outside of like like game. Game two, Miami, in the first round, where like, like the whole second round, it was just focused on how bad their offense was, and then like the Atlanta series was kind of taken over by all the injury talk um, and everything surrounding that. Um, I guess, I guess, game two versus Atlanta was a was a like that was a blowout, and they looked really good in that game. They looked really, really good. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it feels like the conversation with them is always trending towards the negative side, um, but they they played awesome in game five, so. Uh, we'll see if they can close it out tonight. I'm sure the Deer District will be rocking, and Van Gundy will have plenty to say about it. But uh, fighting game tips off in pretty much exactly five hours, so enjoy.